the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We can live a life that's worth living. Hey, I beg you today. Everybody wants you to be a part of their movement. You can hashtag MAGA. You can hashtag Black Lives Matters. Hashtag Blue Lives Matters. Hashtag Me Tutors. All kind of hashtags. Here's what I want you to do. Just get in on what God is doing. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. There are moments when I think God is AWOL. He's gone missing. He's nowhere to be found. There are times I wonder how the broken pieces of my life could ever be put together in such a way that God could, as the old song would say, make a masterpiece of me. And yet, I read God's word and I'm drawn to remember that the invisible hand of God is at work in and around me to accomplish his purpose for my good and for his glory. God may be silent in your life today, but he is not absent. And there are few places in scripture where that is seen more clearly than the book of Esther, the only book in the Bible that doesn't outright mention the name of God. And yet it reminds us that even when it seems like God is absent, his fingerprints are all over you and your situation. I want you just to go on a journey of the mind with me in the next few minutes and ask yourself, where are the fingerprints of God in my life? Where is he leading me? Where does he push me? The Proverbs say that we make our plans, but it's actually the hand of God that guides and directs our steps. Where is that hand of God in in your life? What is he moving you to be a part of, to get in on? The story of Esther is a story about the fingerprints of God. It's a story that reminds us of the providence of God. The providence of a God is a part of the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God tells us that God is in control. He's seated on his throne, his kingdom. He's large and in charge. But the providence of God reminds us that as a sovereign God, he sees before that which happens. So though we are caught off guard, you can never invite God to a surprise party. He never has oh my moments. He never wonders, what am I going to do? He never says, oops. So I want you to think about how we got here in the story of Esther. First of all, we started with a bad king. The bad king was throwing a big party. The party lasted six months. In the midst of that drunken party, he decided he wanted some entertainment. So he called and asked for his wife to come and to parade before the people. She refused. When she refused, he said, you're no longer the queen. So he held a beauty pageant. And this beauty pageant was to 
parade other beautiful women before him so that he could choose a king. There enters the picture the man named Mordecai. Mordecai had a cousin. His cousin's name was Esther. He had begun to care for Esther because her parents had died. In the kingdom, the king found Esther. He brought her to the beauty pageant. There in the beauty pageant, as she paraded before the king, he decided, I like her. She became a part of the small group of women that he brought into the palace. And then upon further review, he made Esther the queen. Enter into the picture an evil guy named Haman. That's right. Haman, he did not like Esther's cousin, Mordecai, because Mordecai would not bow before the king. And so Haman, on behalf of Mordecai, ordered that all of the Jews be killed. It was in this setting that Mordecai recognizes now his cousin, the queen, Queen Esther, has been put into a place that God can use her in a great and mighty way. Here's a question for today. Have you discovered, have you found, have you tapped into God's purpose for your life? How do you find that pathway? How, how do you make sure you are aligned with the will of God? So I'm pay, playing the role of Mr. Mom for a few days. My wife had to leave town for a uh, death in the family. And I'm just telling you, fresh, that impacted my Sunday morning activities. Because when I got up before five, my little five-year-old decided to wake up too. And when I began to tell her that daddy had to study, she said, I want to study too. And when I told her that I was studying Esther, she said, I want to study Esther. So thanks to the internet, I went on YouTube and I found a version for kids of the story of Esther. So she listened for about 25 minutes before I had to find something else to do. But when she stopped... This is what she said. Dad, when you put me to bed tonight, call me Esther. (laughs) I want to be Queen Esther. Here's what I want you to know today. I I want you to be Queen Esther. I I want you to take advantage of the moments that God has put before you. Because Mordecai, when he reached out to Esther, Esther said, No, I don't think that's something I can do, Uncle Mort. Cousin Mort, I don't think I will be a part of that because don't you know if I go before the king having not been invited, he will take my life even though I'm the queen. And Mordecai says to Esther in Esther chapter four, hey Esther, that's fine. If you stay silent, God will raise up somebody else. But I want you to understand Esther and then notice what it says here in Esther chapter four and let's skip down and look at uh, verse 14. If you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish And who knows whether or not you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I wonder whether or not God has placed you here. He's put you at this intersection of life, these crossroads of this moment for such a time as this. 
Notice what Esther continues, how she replies. Verse 15 of chapter 4. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa. Hold a fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink for three days or nights. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Whatever it takes. I loved as I was reviewing the prayer request from last Sunday that at least one of you recorded in your prayer request, God, give me strengths to be that W-I-T person, to help my family be that W-I-T family, whatever it takes. Mordecai was saying, Esther, God doesn't need you, but he wants you. If you sit down, someone else will stand up. If you stay silent, someone else will speak up. But Esther, this is your moment. Get in on what God is doing. And this is your moment. I believe it's a divine appointment that God's brought you to this place and he wants you to get in on what he is doing. He's on the move. But will you get in on what he is doing? There's a big idea I want you to understand today. And here is the big idea. You were created on purpose, for a purpose. But you won't get to see God's providential purpose for your life until you take steps to align yourself with his will. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose. But if you are going to be a part of his purpose, you can't just sit back and say, bring it on God. You have to take action steps to get involved in what he is doing. Are you aligned with the will of God? Can you say that you pray daily as Jesus taught us to pray, God, may your will be done here in this place in my life just as clearly as it is in heaven. So I want to talk about how you find God's pathway to your purpose. How do you align with the will of God? And we're going to do that quickly, journeying through the whole rest of the book of Esther. So you need your Bible open, whether you're holding it in a phone or on an iPad or whether you've got a print copy, because we're going to journey through and look at a lot of scripture as I give you these truths. The first thing you need to do if you want to find God's pathway to your purpose is slow down and learn to listen to God. Say slow down. Now do this with me. Everybody just take a deep breath right now. Doesn't that feel good? Let's take another one. Now that's enough. I don't want you falling asleep. Sometimes we don't even slow down when we come and gather for worship. If you want to discover what it is that God wants in your life, you have to take time where you slow down. You'll never get in on what God is doing if you don't make space to look for his hand and listen to his voice. And what I've discovered, having most of my life followed Christ, I've discovered that many professing Christ followers do not create the bandwidth in their life to allow God to speak into their life and to move in a mighty way. Said another way, you don't have time for God. You're not creating the space. If you're a Christ follower, scripture teaches that the Holy Spirit of God dwells where? Within you. So you've got the spirit of God with you wherever you go if you're a follower of Christ. So there's no reason when you cry out to God and say, God, let me hear from you, that you would not hear from him if you're taking the time to do that. 
Because Esther set aside time for spiritual things, she was prepared to deal with the physical things that were threatening her and her people. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Because she had said, hey, I'm going to take some time and listen to God. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do away with that, which is a physical need, so that I can hear the spiritual presence of God, and then that spiritual presence will give me the physical power to deal with the physical needs. So often we jump right into the physical problems and we've never taken time to hear from God. Esther knew she needed the divine if she was going to face the difficult. She needed discernment to avoid the detours. Do you have discernment? Do you have that ability to say, God, I I believe this is where you're working. This is what you're doing. See, if you're not tuned into the spiritual, you'll not pick up on the signals that God desires to send. Yesterday, I was flipping through Facebook, and I saw a post from my friend Cheryl Ann, and I don't know if these were her words or if she, she got this from someone, but I thought it was so true. She said, if we don't learn how to recognize God's voice in our lives, the devil can whisper lies to us all day, and we believe them. Why? Because we've not learned to discern. We've not slowed down enough to listen to God and say, okay, God, I got you. I'm now going to get in on what you're doing and how you're at work in my life. When the spiritual is prioritized, he will take care of the rest. That's true in every area of your life. I married another couple on Friday evening and as I stood with them in this beautiful setting, a beautiful bride, a handsome groom, I reminded them what I remind every couple of. Hey, there's one thing that's the most important thing. If this marriage is going to work, it must be built on the foundation of Christ because the Bible says when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will be added to you. And so when I seek to discern the spiritual, when I've made time to hear from God, I've taken that first step to get on the pathway toward discovering God's purpose. Now, look at how chapter 5 begins. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and she stood in the inner court of the king's palace. So here she goes. She slowed down. She listened to God. Now she's ready to stand before the king. In front of the king's quarters, while the king was sitting on his royal throne, inside the throne room, opposite the entrance to the palace. Hey, just to be clear, she wasn't waiting for the open door. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I want to remind you that God doesn't always put the open door before you. Sometimes he expects you to open the door and walk through. If God's told you to move, don't wait for the door to open. Just, just to be very honest, as a pastor, it's so frustrating to, to, hear past, to hear Christ followers say that they're going to get involved, they're going to serve when God shows them an open door. There is a world of open doors. As you heard Brandon say, the world is dying and headed to hell. The world is our open door. 
So verse 2 says, when King Saul, Queen Esther, standing in the court, she won favor in his sight, and he held out Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. And when the king said to her, what is it, Queen Esther? In the original language, I think, because remember, she pleased him. He found favor as he looked at her. I think in the original language, he said, hey, baby. What's up? What do you want? What's your request? It shall be given to you even half my kingdom. Hmm. It's a pretty clear moment. See, because Esther had been in the presence of God, she had no fear about being in the presence of the king. And when you slow down and you listen for the voice of God, he will begin to direct your steps. Let me give you the second path. Step out in faith. Just step out in faith. I found that in our lives too often, we're waiting on God when the reality is, I think God's waiting on us. I think we cry out, oh God, I want to see you move. And he's shouting back, I want to see you move. I'm at work all around you. Just get in on what I'm doing. I want to remind you, our faith is measured by our footsteps. It's by our walk, not just by our words. It's by our life, not just by our lips. If you're waiting on God to show up, you might need to ask this question today. Could it be? Is it possible? Might it by chance be true that God is waiting on me to show up? That God is waiting me to put my feet in the water to, to show. Do you know that what I just said, the reason we say that is because that's exactly what happened in scripture? It was until the people put their feet in the water that God began to deliver. All throughout scripture, that's the way he worked. You take this step and then I'm going to show you my affirmation. Where did we get so confused to say, I'm not going to move to God writes it on the wall. I want you to take those steps. You know that this Wednesday, October 31st, is All Hallows' Eve or Halloween. But some of you may not know it's also Reformation Day. It's a day that marks Martin Luther's nailing of 95 theses on the door that took a stand as for what real practice of faith should look like. But there's another date that was marked in Martin Luther's life, and it was when he spoke to the Diet of Worms. And in that day, he said, here I stand. I can do no other. God, help me. Where, where is God calling you just to step out and to stand and to say, here I stand. I can do no other. God, help me. Amen, was the last thing Martin Luther said. So be it. So next Sunday in, in all our campuses, we're celebrating something we do every year, the first Sunday of November. It's called Harvest Weekend. It's where we say we recognize that our God is the God of the harvest. Everything we have is a gift from him. We're just managers of it. It's on loan. So we challenge us to step out in faith above and beyond our regular giving and to make a gift toward the ministry of this church and how it goes across the street and around the world on that day. Are you ready to step out? Did you know we have needs right here in this church? There's all kinds. Of, if you've got a gift and a talent, which you do, there is a need that is your match. You know what we've needed for about a year? 
I'm just going to tell you and maybe you'll flood us with volunteer. We need somebody just to kind of hang out here on the front row each week to be like a director of the program. Though this is not a program, there's a lot that goes on, as you can see. Sometimes things fall apart technologically. Sometimes things on stage need to be moved. And, and so we need someone just to kind of hang out there and say, hey, make sure you do this. Or, hey, what do we need to do? This just went out. That's just a practical thing. That's in addition to things like teachers and, and singers. And boy, doesn't Veronica have the voice of an angel? Did you hear her this morning? She's, she's one of the new folks that just stepped out and, and got involved being a part of what God's doing. There's opportunities for you to be involved in a new move of God through our church. God has given us a campus. He's given us property to launch a ministry that we'll launch on Super Bowl Sunday called Mission Hill Lake Carroll in that Lake Carroll, Carrollwood area. God's calling some of you to go and be a part of that launch team. There's a meeting, you see it, I think, in your bulletin that tells you about how you can be a part of, of that meeting and, and, and to be a part of what God's doing there. God's calling some of you to step out. If that's not your area, if that's further away, you're closer to Brandon. Just a reminder, we've got a campus called Ter- Mission Hill Six Mile, and there's ways you can be involved there. Did you know as a church, we're distributing more than 50,000 copies of the Jesus film along with invites to our church? Last Sunday, many of you participated in 20,000 bags that those gifts are in were stuffed. Give yourself a hand. That's awesome. Here's the bad news. There's 30,000 more that need to be stuffed, and I need some of you to step out and do that. Then there's 50-some thousand that have to be delivered, and we've got to do that. Do you get the point? There's always opportunities for you to get involved. But you've got to put your feet in the water. You've got to step out in faith. Look at chapter 5, verse 6. As they were drinking wine after the feast, the king said to Esther, What's your wish? It shall be granted to you. What's your request? Even to the half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then Esther answered, my wish and my request is... Now this is really interesting. My wish and and my, 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 my request... My wish and my request is, if I found favor in the sight of the king, if it please the king to grant my wish and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come to the feast that I'll prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king has said. All right, here it comes. She's going to unveil her desire on the next day. So, what do we need to do? Let me give you the third point. Not only do you have to slow down and listen to God's voice, not only do you have to step out in faith, you have got to trust God's timing got to trust God's timing. She took the step of faith, but she remained sensitive to the voice of God. While we have to make sure we don't lag behind when God says go, we need to make sure we don't launch out prematurely when God says whoa. And we know how to do that because we've slowed down and we've listened to the voice of God in our lives. Now, I want you to see something that happened because there's a key player that I haven't mentioned in a few minutes. His name is Haman. Look at verse 9. And so Haman went out that day joyful and glad of heart. He was strutting like a peacock. I'm one of two people that the queen invited to a feast, and the other person was the king. I'm a big deal. He's happy. He's going home to mama. But when Haman 
saw Mordecai in the king's gate that he neither rose nor trembled before them. He was filled with wrath against Mordecai. So here's Haman. Some of you weren't here last week. Every time we hear the name Haman, we're supposed to boo. So here's Haman. Yeah, that's better. And he's happy. Everything's going great in life. And then he's walking by Mordecai. And what? Mordecai's still not. I hate Mordecai. Mordecai. And he let one Jew ruin his day. And you're going to see that he let one Jew ruin his life. But I want to pause just there real quick because some of you, God has blessed you. There's so much good in your life. You're among the most blessed people on the planet. And let, let you let the one critic or the one naysayer or the one knuckle dragger or whoever it is, get in your way, get in your grill and it messes you up. You get bitter. And it clouds everything else. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement, but it can't be done without your financial support. Go to MissionHillChurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at MissionHillChurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.